The Star Wars universe is constantly expanding. But how the heck are you going to keep tabs on it without a holocron? And where in the rim can I score the juiciest news and rumors? Ah, you seek State of the Empire, Consequence of Sound's Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. We dig into the Sarlacc pit of the internet for the hottest intel in the galaxy far, far away. Make Indiana Jones inquiries and keep watch for the latest on Willow. Find us on consequenceofsound.net or wherever you procure fine podcasts. It's the show you're looking for. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence of Sound, the podcast. This feed is home to all your favorite Consequence of Sound editorial content turned into bite-sized podcasts for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. Most often, it's home to album reviews as well as features like track-by-track and artist interviews. Well, Lollapalooza just happened, and as a result, we've got a whole host of artist interviews from on-site at Lollapalooza. So join us as we discuss the history of this revered festival and defining performances with artists old and new to the Lollapalooza stage. I am Tyler Clark, and I am so excited to say that I am here with Post Animal. Boys, make some noise. That's good. And then if, uh, yeah, if y'all want to introduce yourselves, just so we know who's who's saying what here, who we can credit all this. (laughs) Hi, my name is Javi. Hey, I'm Jake. I'm Dalton. I'm Wes. Matthew Michael Williams the first. Well, thanks, fellas. Thanks for joining us. Uh, And first of all, I also want to say... I think this is one of those interviews that we really love doing here because I I personally just love talking to hometown bands at Lollapalooza, and you guys are of Chicago, uh, and that's I think that's rad, and I think it's rad to see the like progression um, that y'all have taken. And so, with that in mind, I guess you know I know that you all. I mean, I think you said earlier in your set that you know you've played rooms in Chicago to zero people before and this was certainly not one of those days today so uh maybe just talk a little bit about if you if you can or if you have anything to say about uh chicago's diy scene if you have any favorite memories or sort of what was running through your minds today as you took the stage at Lollapalooza about sort of the journey that you've all taken i think uh we played our song you were not there the first time at club soda and sure. it was the first time that we had ever played a song that like kind of ripped like <laughs> enough for for people to like move around and everyone was like kind of drunk it was later in the night and there were like i don't know 40 50 people crammed in there and everyone was on the stairs and it was really sweaty and it just kind of like ran through my mind today when i saw that there were people in a circle pit at Lollapalooza it's pretty amazing it's a rare sight these days yeah it was, it was sick I kept thinking about with the a couple of the older songs that we were playing just like how close physically close we were to the actual place where we were like the basement that we recorded those in and like clicked release on Bandcamp in and just like we're only like four miles away from where we did that and now we're here down the road and playing that cool show. Yeah, I was mainly having an out-of-body experience back there. <laughs> and that can be kind of scary, but also very, very uh, cool and euphoric. And just looking out there was, you know, not to get too sappy, but hey, we have not been doing this for that long. And it was just like, uh, yeah, it was special. It was a 
special moment. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, speaking of special moments, I guess, like, what is, you know, obviously, like, Lollapalooza is one of the oldest uh, American rock festivals still out there. It's been around for so long in so many uh, incarnations. 40s. I mean, yeah, since the, uh, the 1930s. Um, so, 80 years young this year. What, um, I guess, what does Lollapalooza mean to you guys? Not to, not to get, yeah, like you said, like, not to get sort of too high level or anything, but, like, what does that, what does that mean? Um, when I was a teenager living in Minneapolis, me and my friends uh, road tripped down here a few times. And it was just like the biggest thing to us. So exciting to be in such a big crowd of people. And um, so, I don't know, coming back just and playing means, means a whole lot. I don't know. It's just, just like a grand scale festival, you know. It's just large. It's just like a really large-scale concert. Yeah. I feel like uh, there are other super great notable festivals like Pitchfork and Riot Fest that are it would just be amazing opportunities also. But there's always, for me, being kind of a, you know, I moved from Wisconsin here maybe five-ish years ago. And since I got here, it's always just been like they all have their different identities and Lollapalooza definitely has always felt like the big show to me. Like the, it's like the, the big one, the big fish. You know, like yeah. I don't know. It just felt like some unattainable thing. Um, so that's it's pretty cool to be here for that reason. Now speaking of that, I mean, I know that um, in terms of festival identity, you know, Lollapalooza obviously founded as a huge like alt rock festival back in the '90s and had a huge role in sort of developing and legitimizing that scene back then. But, you know, obviously in the last few years, it's kind of moved away from the sort of pure uh, rock roots to sort of encompass a lot more pop music and other genres. Um, so I guess using that as a jumping off point, like what do you think is rock music's place at this festival now? And then also sort of on a larger scale, like in like the American music scene in general. Nostalgic. Yeah. I mean, they're like a like a rock star. Twenty years ago is the same thing as like Travis Scott last night. You know, it, it embodies the same kind of spirit of like a, like youthful kind of like collective rebellion. Not necessarily like in a bad like evil anti-society way, but just in like a way that people are bonding over things that like get them really excited. You know, I think uh, like rock music now is definitely coming back in a nostalgic way, but I think a lot of people are also like starting at that point where they're basing their music off their influences and then learning how to appropriate it to like 2018. You know? I think that, I mean, I think that a lot of people are sort of waiting for rock music to take like, you know, to just become like more like maybe groundbreaking I don't know just to like push it forward in some way you know to make it like really 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 you know not that it's not exciting now because I still love it but like and just on a huge scale to make it really really exciting again and there are definitely bands that are doing that right now but um, I think there's still very much a place for it and people like are still kind of you know they're still going crazy at rock shows and I mean, it's not, I don't know, it's like it's live instruments. Play. It's not the same as... <laughs> <laughs> you know, but to be fair, we also covered a 
justice. EDM song. <laughs> we did do that. Tonight, yeah. Or today. So I mean, I I, yeah, it's like nice to. I feel like the rock bands that, you know, are doing the, getting the most attention now and doing the best are the ones that are like, stepping maybe away from, this purist thing, yeah. and and I mean I don't even think, it kind of matters like, what you know that, people are in these. Like we're in these little camps, like electronic people, hip hop people, rock people. Like it just seems like now people want like the best I- idea and the most like feeling that they can get, you know. And if it just bands should be like looking to deliver that feeling in any way that works, I guess. So you uh, just to pivot a little bit to your work and sort of your process. I know that I think you guys are different um, than a lot of bands because. Um, I know that you have sort of a, um, you're pretty democratic in terms of like songwriting and sharing vocals and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm just wondering what are, I mean, the pros and the cons of like that kind of approach of like having sort of a, of true group effort rather than, than, you know, having, you know, one or two people leading the sort of creative end of, or the songwriting end of things. Um, I, I would say... Uh, a con is maybe like you don't get instant gratification when you're like making something with other people like it doesn't sound exactly like how you maybe have it in your head but a pro is like a two days later when you listen back to the demo you're like oh my gosh now like i really like that maybe in the moment when i was deciding what i thought was right or wrong like i didn't like it but now i do you know i don't know so that's what i think is uh much more potential for variety in the songwriting process as well Um, and in terms of like singing vocal duties I think uh, I see a little bit more these days I I mean I've listened to a lot of bands where there's only one singer you know and I love it but I think it's like there's maybe a a chance that people like you know a change of uh, of like timbre in voice uh, and it almost like changes the style of, of the band in a way, so like the band can encompass more than one style of singing, songwriting, you know, heavy, poppy, soft heart, you got it. You name it. Lounge. <laughs> it hits from 80s, 90s, and today. And today. And today. Oh, man. That's, that's probably the best combination of hits that you can imagine. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of uh, sort of Chicago, more Chicago-centric questions, uh, if you guys are down for that. Um, down, of course. So, obviously, Lollapalooza is, is a huge part of the Chicago summer, but what, for you guys, is, would you be doing on a typical Chicago summer day if you weren't here, or, like, what's the best part of Chicago in the summer? The water. Lake, man. I never uh, t- t- utilized it enough, but... If you, do, if you get the chance, you can go to the beach, that's oh, fine, or you can come right off the old cement, right <laughs> into the water. Right right by those big buildings. And be at, uh, be at big Parsons on the patio, drinking a Pisco slushy, getting a, some hot chicken, going sitting on my front stoop. Some ramen. Some ramen, ramen at Oystar. Yeah. Maybe catch a, a flick at Regal Webster. Absolutely uh, amazing. Sick recliner yep. chairs. Oh, those recliners yeah. are great. Yep. And there's a 7-Eleven across the street that you can sneak some Swedish fish in. They won't know. Smoke some weed, fall asleep, wake up at the end, 
Yeah, Still dude. <laughs> Nothing better. That's, for, never happened. that's what Rampage was for me. I saw Hereditary, and that was like. We saw that, that was, in Wyoming. Yeah. Dude, oh, I didn't even see it. We, we saw, saw that in Laramie, Wyoming. I saw Hereditary. Jake saw Tag. There was nowhere to connect. We actually <laughs> pretended like Tag was like this really emotionally moving thing. <laughs> it was, it was like, and they straight, <laughs> they very much tricked me. But I'm very we, gullible. We we got in the car because they picked us, so they dropped us off at, at Hereditary and then went to Tag and then. When they were done, came and picked us up. And when we got in the, the when we got in the car, we just wouldn't stop talking about Hereditary. And then they were like, "Geez, like, aren't you gonna ask us about like, how our movie was?" So we were like wrapped up in it. So uh, other than the best venue in the city, which is the movie theater at Webster Place, yes. Um, you know, I know Chicago has had sort of you know, there's no shortage of like great bars and venues in Chicago oh, that, yeah. to play, but like. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, if there are any venues in Chicago that maybe that closed too soon or that you guys didn't get a chance to play that, like, you look back and you go, like, oh, man, like, that would have been... I miss the double door. I mean, we, we got a chance to play there, but that was, like, one of... I just, you know, shout out to the double door. That was a really big spot for us coming up that we... They gave us chances to play slightly bigger shows than I think we were cut out to play, and we were really grateful for that. There were a couple of uh, DIY Kobe venues. Kobe brought that thing down. Like uh, Young Camelot, we never got to play there. I, that was where I saw like some of my first DIY shows when I moved here. And also Wally's World was a great one. I'm I think famous, we were, yeah. we were kind of breaking into the DIY thing. Or breaking in, that makes it sound so dramatic. Breaking the internet. We were starting to play DIY shows. <laughs> we like, Kim Kardashian. Right when, I, right when some of these are really like, uh, heralded. DIY venues were shutting down. There's still a ton of great ones. Like, don't get me wrong, but those were even the one that like they moved after the, there was like a big fight in the church. Then they moved to a different spot, and then the next one got shut down too. And, like the keep, we played there, but that one got shut down. Oh, the keep, so, keep. Yeah. So then to stay uh, on Chicago for a minute, also like what uh, you know, because we're here in 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 Chicago at a Chicago festival with a Chicago band. What um, Chicago artists out there, other than yourself, uh, obviously, um, have you guys been listening to lately and, like, that maybe you feel like if you get the chance to tell somebody to listen to these guys, this band or these guys or whatever, like, you always do it, like... Paul, Paul Cherry! Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. Honestly, one of my favorite artists. Yeah. There's obviously, like, the big ones, like, you know, Twin Peaks and, and Whitney and all those, like, they're... The staples and and like some younger bands like Rookie, Rookie, they rock, they rock. Jude, oh yeah, the man, Jude Schumann. Oh god. Last night we played at a uh, an after show with those two bands and it was like kind of a, it was just a great lineup, really fun. Jude sounding better than ever and Rookie Slayed. Also a band that's moving here from Madison, Slow Pulp. Shout out Slow Pulp, they're They're unbelievable. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna, they're be, gonna, they're gonna make big. a splash once gonna, they move in a second here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. From Post Animal here Ooh. with us at Lollapalooza, this has been Consequence of Sound. Stay tuned for more artist interviews from Lollapalooza. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Apple Podcasts, you can hop on, leave us a five-star review, and if you got some thoughts to share with us. Why not write us a review? 
and on Podchaser, you can not only rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, but you could also rate and review this specific episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you very soon with an all-new episode of Consequence of Sound. Consequence Podcast Network.